Good morning, you two. What can I get for you? I'll have a stack of pancakes. Uh, yeah, me too. And, and make them... Spooch! Okay, and did you want coffee with that? Oh, yeah, definitely coffee. Definitely. Yeah, coffee would be great, thanks. Spooky Pancakes, the podcast where a dad and his teen discuss horror movies they watched over Saturday morning pancakes. I'm Rowan. I'm the teen. I'm Dave. I'm the dad. So uh, we are coming at you a little late this time, folks. Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, You had to go and get COVID. I I finally caught up to me after... uh, years now of being in you know the healthcare field and potentially dealing with sick patients um you know it finally i finally got it uh so i i not only got it but i i took paxlovid to try to Mm -hmm. make sure i didn't get it too bad and i ended up getting that paxlovid rebound so I, I basically went through the whole like ten days of uh, well five days of isolating and then five days of masking around family and everything, uh, and then I had to go right back to square one. Yeah. Again. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, I had family took really good care of me. Um, the kids did did great at at managing everything, but I'll tell you something, I got to watch. A whole lot of horror nice. during that during that period. Um, so I watched thirty two different things. Oh, wow! So I am going to share with you now my list of things that I watched, and uh, I can quickly quickly tell you uh, if they're uh, if they're worth uh, watching. Okay. Uh, a lot of these items were things that initially I thought my 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 idea about choosing them was there were things that I thought maybe I'm not going to watch with Ro. Mm. You know, um, I thought, you know, like whether or not, you know, it's like too gross or too sexy or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, all right. So some of these are fine. Like I, I, I basically finished watching something. I, I had started pieces from 1982. We could totally watch that one. That's fine. Uh, Mother's day, which I had heard was uh, a, a little rough, ended up being pretty good. Uh, I don't. I don't think we would have. There's, a lot of these are kind of rapey. Oh. That's the thing that's kind of like, yeah. Eh, yeah, it's not exactly the kind of thing you want to watch with your daughter. Um, City of the Living Dead from 1980. Uh, I'm gonna screw up this next one because I, I don't know how this word is pronounced. But Tenebrae, Tenebrae. I have no idea. Tenebrae. I don't know. It's Dario Argento. Um, really good. We could totally watch that. 1980. Uh, 1982. Uh, Demons from 1986, and then Cannibal Holocaust. Everybody finally, finally watched that. 
I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Uh, from 1980. Uh, the recent Glorious from 2022, Phantasm Remastered. Uh, I watched a couple of episodes from uh, Hammer House of Horror, The 13th Reunion, and Rude Awakening, from, both from 1980. The Jalo, uh, What Have You Done to Solange? And The Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward. And Footprints on the Moon, uh, All Jolly. Uh, I watched the Creep Show animated special, Dario Argento's Opera from 1987, The Changeling from 1980, The Devil's Rejects by Rob Zombie uh, in 2005, The Visitor from 1978. Uh, that was pretty bad. Um, Moloch uh, from uh, 2022. Uh, that was amazing. That was really, really good. Uh, Trouble Every Day from 2001. Eh. Little French uh, extremism, not nearly as extreme as I really wanted it to be. Uh, the Beast Must Die from 1974, which was pretty uh, cheesy and awesome. Uh, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, and that is a definite one we are going to watch as, uh, okay. as Spooky Pancakes. Uh, Saloom from 2022, awesome, awesome movie. Um, Revenge from 2017. Amazing, great movie. Not sure I would want to watch that with Roe. Uh, the Wailing, amazing, it's totally spooky pancakes material. Korean movie, really, really good. The Old Ways, also really good. There's Someone Inside Your House from 2021, also pretty good. Uh, Insidious Chapter Two. I can't believe that you haven't seen any of the Insidious movies yet. You are yeah. gonna, you're gonna love Insidious. Rabid from 1977. David Cronenberg. Uh, My best friend's Exorcism, which is uh, a, a movie version of a Grady Hendrix book. Love Grady Hendrix. Yes. Uh, Studio Six Six Six, which is the um, Foo Fighters uh, horror movie, um, which I've been kind of putting off. Uh, because right after it was released, Taylor Hawkins died, and I've been a, a little bit too sad to watch him in something and uh, and know that that was one of the last things he did, uh, but it ends up being pretty good. And the last thing I ended up with was Dario Argento. Again, probably that's who I watched the most of um, mm -hmm. this, uh, is uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Uh, so lots of... Uh, giallos, or if you're actually speaking Italian, gialli. Um, so they were really good. Um, uh, some really gross stuff. Cannibal Holocaust has got to be the grossest thing I've ever seen on so many different levels. It's one of those movies where I, I can't really recommend it. Um, mm -hmm. It's like I'm sort of glad I saw it because it's a bit, a bit of film history. But um, anyway... Um, it's pretty gross and disturbing and not in necessarily like a awesome horror way more into like, wow, humanity is kind of fucked sort of way. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Hey, what did you do during my COVID? Uh, <laughs> during your COVID, I went to school. Uh huh. How, how many, how many horror movies did you watch? Uh, <laughs> Was it 32? No. 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 No, I don't know if I watched any. Ugh. I have homework. Yeah. I had I had the horror movie that is school. <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot of work. AP Bio's a lot. 
Yeah. It's a lot, but I'm proud of you. You're keeping it up. And have, I've had heard good things uh, back from the teachers. So that oh. was kind of a nice nice thing during COVID lockdown to you yeah. know, to get a, a good email from, from your teachers just to tell me that you're awesome, which yeah. I knew. So, Dad, what's on the menu this week? This week on Spooky Pancakes. When an escaped mental patient returns to his boyhood home, it's trick or treat or kill. It's It's Halloween Halloween 1978. I could not remember the year, so I just (laughs) didn't say it. That's okay. That's all right. Um, 1978. Wow. Um, This, obviously... We're doing special for uh, for Halloween, so you know maybe in future in future years when we uh, do this, uh, we can do uh, some of the sequels and yeah. and and whatnot. But today we are focusing solely on the 1978 John Carpenter classic. Yes. Um, what do you? Uh, this was this is like really one of the this is like the the first horror movie that we um no i guess it's not i we did the, sh- the no, shining, the shining first. is yeah. the first one i saw but this is probably the second um yeah we watched it on halloween a few years back yeah and in fact <laughs> uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up a little little bit of a video here of uh this is historical uh footage uh here all right, so here we are at the end of Halloween, uh, 1978's Halloween. Uh, yes. So thoughts on a scale of one to ten, how scary? Honestly, like a five and a half. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was gonna be seven, but it's like a five and a half. Okay, and the, what what type of horror would you categorize it as at this it's point? Still jump scare. Yeah. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, so generally thumbs up, thumbs down. Did it deliver? Yeah, All right. pretty good. All right, good. Oh nightmare night, nightmare possibilities from that. Uh, low sc- pretty low scale. Okay, all right. All right, so uh, I, I, I'm i not sure what our, our next flick is. Yes, uh, <laughs> that is oh, me. Okay, so yeah, that, that was, that's adorable. Um, Honestly? Yeah. So do you? So how how does it hold up? All you know, a couple of years later now. Um. Yeah, that was two years ago, which is crazy. It's crazy. I, you, you seem so much younger. I know. That. Uh, but yeah. So honestly, I I don't agree with younger me. Mm. Uh. Okay. What do you? What, what's What's different now? I don't necessarily think it's a five and a half scare level. No. Um, no, what do you think it is? No, maybe like out of out of what? Out of out of ten? ten. Out of ten? Out of yeah. ten. Okay. Three, three and a half. Now? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. No, this movie doesn't scare me a whole lot. No. Um, I remember jumping during it though. Okay. Uh two years ago. I remember like being really freaked out during this and during Friday the thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like I rewatched this twice and I've just been like it's not as scary as I remember it being. Well, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for the very first time that you see something, and then yeah. when you know it, you know it's different. So, uh, so speaking of knowing this movie, 
Should we try to do a movie in a minute? Uh, sure. Do you, do you have the, I can. The, the, the buzzer? I definitely can. I just want to say that I have a lot of confidence because yet again, I, I don't feel like there's a whole lot to explain. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward, but I also don't want to jinx us either. Okay, so we open and we see a point of view of uh, somebody looking into a house, looking at uh, a young teenage couple, and they're making out. Uh, that keeps going on, and we end up kind of finding out that well, the person grabs a knife and ends up killing this teenage girl. Yep, and then we come out, we track it, and we find out, oh my gosh, it's like a six-year-old kid, and the parents see him holding a knife, and they say, Michael! Yeah, uh, we go to years later, 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Oh, and um, they're going to pick up this guy from the psych thing. Yeah, and it turns out the guy from the psych thing is Michael. He takes a car, and he ends up killing a dude and taking his uh, jumpsuit and steals a mask. Shit happens. He kills, like, a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, and we end up with uh, Laurie Strode. Laurie is trying to get away. Babysitting. Dr. Loomis shoots him. Yeah, that works. We sucked so hard. That works. Oh no, that was very. <laughs> I got I got confused. You made a car motion. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, Doctor Lo- Doctor Loomis and the nurse drive, yeah. and they, there's all the misca- escaped people. I just wanted you to remember that Doctor Loomis was dri- driving with the nurse. Yeah, that's... I didn't know if you would remember that part, but I don't think I was going to. But oh my god. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then there's also you know Lori. Annie. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, it's basically, uh, <laughs> My, Michael escapes from a mental hospital, comes, kills some people, um, and uh, and then has a final showdown with Lori. Lori's the final girl. She survives. Mm-hmm. Doctor Loomis shoots him, but he's not dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Come on, like how many people listening to this podcast have not seen this movie? Are you kidding me? Yeah, especially listening to like. This one, this yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was 1978, so spoilers earlier are, are I think, are, are fine. <laughs> um, all right. So this movie really begins with that killer po- point of view camera that is so effective of just staring in at people through windows and... It's one of the things very, very early on, John Carpenter trains us to, you know, sort of associate that with the with the killer. Yeah. You know, even so much as when uh, young six year old Michael puts on that that mask, we, we end up seeing through the eye holes of that mask. And so we really learn very early on that this is a this is a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. And I freaking love it. I just, I love that whole, that, that whole feeling. Um, and for me, one of the interesting things, when you see that, the opening kill where he is killing his sister, I was trying to figure out as we were watching it, whether or not like he was being babysat by this girl, or whether it was his sister, but no, it's definitely, it's his, it's his sister, Judith. In that we see 
through the eye holes, and I, I didn't pick this up until not this last time, but the time before, where he is watching as the as the knife is going into the sister. We can't see super clearly what's happening. And in fact, the gore in this movie is really super minimal. Yeah, it's not actually like I mean, you don't they don't like cut away from it, but they don't like make it all that like crazy. No. Like it, they keep it they keep it on the down low. It's really it's really simple. It's like blood. It's not like any sort of like you yeah, don't see no whole guts. you don't see there's guts. No. You don't see like, you know, uh any like cuts in flesh or anything like that. It's yeah. really just blood. But the thing during this scene, so you start to see her and she's naked and you know, and but not even really all that. For some of the things that we've seen, the nudity in this part is really not all yeah. that gratuitous. It's it's very minimal. Um, but he's, like, watching the kill. And then he takes a moment where he, like, turns his head up to, like, to uh, like up and to the right to, like, stare at the knife. So it's, like, <laughs> there's... It, for me, I look at that and go, man, there is something really off about this. It's not even necessarily about killing the the person. He's almost equally interested in the knife itself. Yeah. Uh, which is just, it's a little bit weird. Um, yeah, he's messed up. He's kind of the thing. Yeah, he's super messed up. So I think that establishes that like early on. And there's later on, we'll talk some more uh, a little bit later about specifically with, with Michael. But... I think there's some other things that clue us in, I mean, aside from the fact that he's going around and killing people. Yeah. Um, but just some behaviorally, some some cool ticks that they gave him, you know, that are that are like uh, just a bit off, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's not the first person to ever to ever use point of view. Um, you know, there are other mo- movies that do it, but really the movie that 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 did it that he has admitted to really liking and even wanted to do a um a sequel to is Black Christmas. Black Christmas is very good. So that's a holiday movie and this is like a holiday, a holiday movie. Holiday movie as well. Yeah, it's festive. Yeah. So he that was something that, you know, John Carpenter I think knew, you know, that he wanted he wanted to do. Yeah. And so a lot of people are, are always saying John Carpenter, John Carpenter for this movie. But Deborah Hill is also like a really major component of, of this, you know, as a producer and, and a writer on this. And, you know, yeah. without her, we don't we don't have uh, Halloween. Yeah. Before watching this and like you mentioned that I like watching this again, mm-hmm. I didn't know about her. I knew about John Carpenter, but yeah. like not Deborah Hill. Yep. Yep. Like how... Yeah. That, like loss. Yeah. So I mean, it's there. You know, just I feel like not everybody talks about it. I know these days, um, you know, I'm hearing a little bit more about it, especially with you know, Me Too, feminism, people, you know, taking a look at you know female perspective in horror movies and stuff. And so you know, people talk a little bit more about it. And I think people in the know know about it. But you know, the average person, I think, when they watch a movie, they all they think about really is the director. You know, and there's obviously movie is an incredible uh, ensemble effort. So, um, sorry, do you want to know something interesting? What? Um, 
So Tommy Lee Wallace is mm-hmm. one of the three people listed as Michael Myers. Um, and the kids are Tommy Doyle and Lindsay Wallace. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, he, so is he listed as Michael Myers? Tommy yeah. Lee Wallace? Yeah. So I think that if, see, I don't know this for, for certain, but I think he is when the mask gets ripped off. I think he is that because the shape, you know, and so they refer mm-hmm. to Michael, you know, when, when he is, you know, had, has the mask on and is, you know, appearing from behind bushes and at clotheslines and all that sort of stuff as the shape. Yeah. That is Nick Castle. Yes, that's the person listed highest as Michael yeah, Myers. Yeah, he's, he's played Michael Myers more than anybody else. Yeah, and then there's also Tony Moran. Right? I don't know that interesting in Halloween uh, clown motel Hmm. Uh, I did not know this movie existed it does not have a date Halloween the night evil died what if it doesn't have a date 2018 no no but I don't think oh that might be a document that might be a documentary or something like that oh yeah yeah. Upcoming English movie. Hmm. Uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, okay. Older guy, American poltergeist. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I forget who the new guy is who who plays it. I think it's uh, uh, James somebody. Um, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen anything except Halloween, the 2018 Halloween. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Halloween Kills or Halloween Ends. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about 1978 Halloween, which is unbelievable that it's like still relevant, you know, now 44 years later. Yeah, and it's not um, it's not actually it hasn't like aged badly or anything. No, There's like no. not much for it to age badly. No. No, it's still it's still pretty good. Um to go back with that POV stuff, one one of the things that I think is is interesting of having established that, you know, POV camera equals killer is that there are a number of times where he sort of plays with that where you know we're tracking the girls as they're walking home from school or something and it seems like maybe like a handheld sort of something that like are they being followed or is it this just the camera you know and so there are a number of times that uh that are like that that increase the tension as you're watching it yeah um but the dead giveaway is a lot when it is Michael, there's usually the breathing behind the mask, right? And it's, it's such a great sound of it because it's, it's just you know you feel that it's like boxiness to it. You know, it's not just there's a you can hear that that thing in the way. Mm-hmm. And we've all done if you've worn a wa- a mask like you you a wask. <laughs> If you've worn a mask, you you're so familiar with that that sound, and so yeah, and a lot of people have now worn masks. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's the like maybe the lone COVID connection in this in this movie a little yeah. bit less so than some of the other stuff that we've watched. Yeah, uh, lately, and and thank goodness we need a break from it. Yeah, especially me, um, having just had it. Um, so. The music. 
Yes. So apparently John Carpenter uh, played, you know, an original um, cut of this movie for producers. And they watched it and it didn't have the music uh, with it yet. And they told him that it was not scary at all. Oh. And um, it was a low budget movie. In my mind, I have the figures being like 300,000, but I'm not positive that that's what it what it was but i i think that's i think it's three hundred thousand. but uh but anyway so when you have a budget of only three hundred thousand, it's not like you know you're going to be able to is that what it was uh three hundred twenty-five thousand. yeah so um not a whole lot of money to throw at like a composer and getting an orchestra you know and and whatnot and so kind of to make it less expensive um you know, and he was interested in music anyway. His dad was a musician. Um, he decided to use synthesizers and score the movie mm-hmm. himself. And it's interesting. Something really sort of born out of necessity ended up being groundbreaking and part of what makes this movie so special. And John Carpenter, you know, is just he scored a great many of his movies, not every single one, but but a lot of them and uh and he's now on tour he he and his son make music together and so they're they're out on on tour are are they called spooky waffles (laughs) they're the spooky carpenters there because there was the carpenters and the carpenters (laughs) so they're the spooky carpenters yes okay Uh, (laughs) great um but so what is it that makes this music so scary honestly i like the um repetition in it it's interesting from like a point of view where you, you don't have to really look at it from a musical standpoint obviously i do because i am musical but you don't have to like look at it from a musical standpoint to like appreciate the repetition in the music itself and the change in like notes mm-hmm. the not like the change in notes, but like the measure, how each measure is like a different key-ish, or like bumps up. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? So what's happening there? So this is uh, this is former um, music um, major. Well, not I was a music major, not a former music major. Like I actually, still am. Um, so what the thing? So a few things. Number one. It's it's not in four four. It's in five four, which is a really uncommon sort of time signature to be in. Um, and I like the fact I read in Fangoria this month, which they're talking a lot about Halloween, the new Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in it, one of my favorite writers, uh, Stephen Graham Jones, um, is taking a look at origins of uh, the Halloween movie. And uh, one of the things he said about the 5-4 um, time signature is he called it wrong-footed. And I kind of like that idea. It's, it's a, it's a kind of loping thing. It's not one, two, three, four, two, three, four, one. It's one, two, three, four, five. And you, you're, we're all used to condition to hearing things in four, maybe three, two, right? Mm-hmm. And so 5-4 is kind of strange. So already 
that is that's weird, right? And that the da 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 being sort of repeated, that was a bongo exercise that his dad taught him. Right. And uh I cannot imagine that it's anything other than the Halloween song. In um my ballet class, we do cool downs and every single day. Well, not every single day, but everything single Saturday, because we have class on Saturday, mm-hmm. we do a cool down to this song. To the, to the Halloween song? The Halloween theme, yeah. Really? That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, so that's rhythmically. Rhythmically, it, and and you're right, it is kind of incessant. It's over, mm-hmm. and it's it's doing that. It has the, you know, the sort of uh, electronic drum going, doing like a, yeah. you know, underneath. Um, but harmonically, it's interesting, too, because it makes use of the tritone. One of the things that's happening in this song, so we have the, okay, mm-hmm. but it then it does, so yeah. that is the tritone, yeah, right? and the tritone is really the equal division of the octave. It's three uh, whole tones in a row, and uh, it's considered to be really unstable harmonically and you're just like waiting for it to go to be more consonant to that maybe but this oops you hear that sort of dissonance mm-hmm. right um it's one of those things where uh it's really really common in heavy metal music so one of the one of the places that you, you you hear it is the very first song of the very first album by Black Sabbath. Is that progression? It just kind of does that over and over again, and it's very very evocative of like spooky, scary sort of things. The other thing that happens um, is this stepwise motion in this. So we start off and it's like, and then it goes down to, and then it goes down to, and it goes down to, and it keeps on descending and descending and descending. And again, that sort of chromatic movement, um, step by step, is also very like heavy metal so i did a heavy metal version of halloween i cannot play it for you here because of copyright um craziness um Mm -hmm. i might actually put it up on youtube because youtube has some features in place um so that uh people can do covers um so maybe at some point if i do i'll i'll let you know on the socials um but so I really, really dig that about the music. It is, uh, for me, just an amazing, haunting piece of music. And it's one of those things that it's incessant in the movie. You just hear it over and over again, variations on it. And it's really simple. And the thing that's weird is before that point, 
people didn't really use synthesizers for horror movies. Yeah. Bef- yeah. Before that, it's more like... Uh, organs and stuff. Yeah, organs or you, you know, it's actual like, orchestra. Like the piano thing, not like your internal organs. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing, too, well, about that. I mean, the... if they're singing, then it is using your internal organs. <laughs> that's true. Yes. <laughs> Acapella is really uh, internal organ music. Yeah. <laughs> playing the organ. The internal organ of my larynx. Um, one of the things I think that that if if Halloween were an entirely, like, synthesizer score... I don't think it would work quite as well, but one of the things that's good about it is it does have the piano. Yeah. And so the piano sort of keeps it grounded in the traditional. And so, you know, you're not totally like, what's this weird, you know, score. But later on in the 80s, you know, people are like, oh, wait a second. I can basically um, have a movie that somebody chases somebody around a house and then I just need to play a synthesizer over it. Like, that sounds like a really cheap movie. Yeah. And if people will still come see it, that is maybe a great way to make some money. Yeah. Which, as we said, that is what what ended up happening with Friday the 13th. As they went, yeah. oh, wow. We can make money. We can make it. So they saw the, the success of Halloween, you know, for its investment. It, you know, it did pretty well. Yeah. I think I read somewhere it was... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I'm, put, I'm putting my piano away. I'm not a good pianist, especially on my iPhone. Yeah, I remember seeing earlier that it was like 70 million. Whoa. More, I think it was like 50 million in the United States and 45 cool. outside. Wow. I, mean, that, like I wonder that. if that is that like all time. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the figures. I'm not big I think, on it. I just I know think it was like 45 million in box office. Oh, well, I just know it was pretty successful. Yes. Enough for a bunch of people to want to imitate it. Yeah. And John Carpenter himself, he really did not want to do a whole bunch of Michael Myers movies. Well, and he sucks. And he kind of didn't because he did, he, like he stayed aboard for Halloween 2. I don't even know, honestly... Did he, I don't think he, did he direct Halloween 2? Um, I think he did, but I think that was his last involvement with Halloween. He did not direct it. No, he produced it. Uh, pro- uh, produced by. Produced, yeah. So, so he only, he only produced the second one, and then his premise was going to be that the Halloween movies were going to be like every year they'd come out with a new Halloween movie and it would be like some new, like scary story. <laughs> um, and so that's when Halloween three, that's why Halloween three is such a departure. Like it has nothing to do yeah, with Michael Myers or any of the previous films, because that was sort of what his idea was for this, uh, for the franchise. Yeah, he's like, it doesn't have to be about Michael Myers. And then, well, lo and behold, guess and what? Then in the no, it, it totally does, because horror fans are not open to new things. <laughs> really aren't. He's just like, no, I want my... Th- I came to see Michael Myers. Can we talk about the mask for a little bit? I would love to. Let's. Uh, because 
listen, if you're thinking about, and I'm only going to talk about the mask when talking about other films. Yeah. Um, but when you, when you look at this, the mask he wears in this film, mm-hmm. and then you look at the mask he wears in future films, this okay. is by far up until like the recent ones, mm-hmm. the best mask. Otherwise, some what of do you them, like about it? Some of them later yeah. look like white. Like okay. yeah. they're like white and they have like drawn on eyebrows and like fluffy hair. It's just, it's not right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like something about this one's more realistic. The other ones just like look really bad. Yeah. I This one looks pretty, it looks pretty good. The interesting thing for me, well, first of all, it's a William Shatner mask, which yeah. is just crazy. I mean, everybody, everybody knows that that's not. That's not any news that we're we're breaking to anybody who would be listening to this podcast, I don't think. Um, but something about a mask like that, it doesn't really look like, it doesn't look like it's William Shatner going around killing Mm-mm. people. That's not what it, it just doesn't even, it just looks blank. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that is scary about it. And in many ways, I, I kind of feel like that is... If not the point of this movie, um, but it, it is at least one of its major strengths, is that it does not overdo it. Yeah. And it leaves a lot open to interpretation. You kind of, it allowed, by having a blank sort of face, you kind of create the monster in your mind. Yeah. And past. Past the mask, past like the one time that his face gets revealed. Yeah, which is not that scary. No, you like never see his face. No, no. And I forgot again until recently when we watched it. I'm like, oh, I forgot his. You see his face in that. Yeah. I'm not sure that. I'm not sure I would have done that. I don't think it did what they thought it would do. No, I'm. Yeah. I, I like not seeing his face ever. I don't like being reminded that he's a person. Yeah. Quite honestly, because I think this succeeds the most when he is not understandable. Yeah. Right. Because there's a lot about it that about him that, you know, with a mask on like that, you can't read like why he's killing anybody. Is he enraged? Is he gleeful? Is he anything like you have no clue, but he moves around so calmly yeah never he's not ever running no right does jason run jason runs sometimes right um i mean mostly he stalks but they're like think i think in later movies they actually sort of have him run maybe maybe he might but i'm i'm sort of interested in it michael myers definitely in a jason michael myers off yeah i know there's freddy versus jason but like Michael versus Jason. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how Freddy versus Jason ends. So no, (laughs) maybe that's not possible. I I have no idea. Um, But yeah, I think the fact that that there's a lot un unknowable about Michael is the part that is that's scary about him, and I think it's part of the reason why some of the sequels don't even work well because in order for these sequels to work well. I mean, like, unless Laurie sticks on with the movies, 
which she does in two, but barely. She's like barely in Halloween two. Yeah. She's like in the hospital for most of it, not doing a whole lot of anything. Um, and then in some later films, she's in it. But like, if we're the, I feel like what these films want to do with sequels is look more at the monster mm-hmm. and like delve deeper into Michael Myers. And I feel like it's like the more you end up knowing about Michael, the less scary he is. Yeah, because I mean, humans are afraid of the unknown. It's like, it's it's a thing. Humans are afraid of the unknown. So not understanding or knowing Michael Myers makes him even even scarier. Yeah, because we have Doctor Loomis the whole time telling us that he's like he's just pure evil. He's just pure evil. And the the interesting thing is is that he's saying this based on the fact that he killed one person. Yeah. But he's been with him for 15 years. Like, he just... And he's like, no. He doesn't know right from wrong. He hasn't said a word. Yeah. Just stares into a wall, but is evil. It's just interesting. Like, you've got a, a person... Like, what did you what did you go through? What did you see? And we do find that out in, like, one of the way later Halloween movies. Yeah, and uh, I just think it's not... The Rob Zombie one. That's ro- actually one of my favorite ones, but... I, so, <laughs> I like that, too. There's a lot of people who get upset about that, like, backstorying. And, the, and they're I, like... I like a backstory. Yeah, but. I think backstories just make horror less scary. They do. You know, it's interesting from a drama standpoint, and, and he, they take a, a... You know, Rob Zombie takes a real, like cause and effect approach like that this is a kid who everybody bullied and came from this terrible family and everything and granted Um, we don't see that in this movie no we we don't see the terrible family aspect like i don't think it is so i don't know they have a clean home Mm -hmm. like yeah his sister's like and it's interesting because you know the the sister and the boyfriend are you know and they ask like oh well aren't you is is Michael around or whatever? So he clearly is like a a kid who's been around and like yeah. And she's like, oh, Michael's around somewhere. Like, there's like, not like creepy Michael is like what's going on with creepy Michael who's never said anything. You know, like that's not a yeah. That's like, not a thing that they're saying. You know, like is has he always been creepy or was it that moment that he's like, huh, I'm gonna kill some things. Yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. We don't really know. Other stuff we don't know. Like. How, how did he get out of the hospital? Again, Rob Zombie explores the, these these things, and I think that's interesting. But it does occur to me that we never find out, like, how in the world are all these mental patients, like, running around in the rain? You know, did he plan this? Was he just opportunistic? Like, what happened? And how did he learn how to drive? You know, yeah. again, Dr. Loomis is like, well, maybe somebody taught him. Like, Okay, we we just hand wave that one away. Like yeah. um and we've said before one of the main differences between Jason and, and Michael Myers is that My- Michael drives. And Jason does not. Yeah. <laughs> so, um and Michael moves around. Michael does all right in a car. Yeah. He does all right. Yeah. No, he like knows how to like And he knew the directions and... even before he had like an iPhone to like, you yeah. know. Uh, weighs his way to Haddonfield from, yeah, you know, yeah. isn't it, they say he's like 150 miles away. Yeah. So he drove 150 miles, was able to find a place that he last was in when he was six years old. 
He was dedicated. <laughs> a place that is apparently in a part of Illinois that has palm trees. Yes, it's um the part of it's the part of Illinois that's in California. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. So this it's, is they border each other. <laughs> I swear. I hate to be like a buzzkill. A, a buzzkill like uh, you know, that guy who's like tearing apart a movie that everybody loves. And uh, can't but I feel like, you suspend know, disbelief. I, well, yeah, and it's, I can, but like, I mean, I want to add something to the, yeah. you know, what people are saying. And so my question is, why set this in Illinois if you're going to make it in California? What was so important about it being Illinois, do you think? Um. Well, I don't think this but my mom does because we were watching this with my mom sometime back mm-hmm. uh before you got covid yeah and like she right before yeah you had asked that and she said well it's the um like or maybe you asked and she she asked and you went something like that yeah um and she had said that it was like the uh, era of like, oh, it's just like a small town kind of in the middle of nowhere and like this crazy thing happens where they're supposed to be like, oh, well, this is just like a friendly neighborhood. And when it's in California, it's just, I don't know, there's a different like, oh, vibe to crazy, it. crazy Californians. Even though there's like parts of California that are not Los Angeles. Yeah. Like for some reason, I think that if it's like, if it's a movie and it's California, people automatically think, well, it's LA and LA is crazy. Yeah. You know, or, like... I- you could have said it. It's other other places have palm trees. Yeah, like Florida. Florida. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Um, they like, Florida has its own special kind of crazy. Yeah, you know, um, Texas uh, has a chainsaw massacre there. Um, no, I but I just I don't know. It's it seems strange. Yeah, I guess there's a like a, you know, this is Middle America. Yeah. You know. Um, I don't know if it's weird, but it was. The farmers. It's just interesting to me that, like, they couldn't, like, they had to get a shot. And they're like, look, I I know that there's palm trees in this. It's fine. Screw it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. No one cares. We're going to do it. Nobody's going to pay attention to this. This is just. No one knows. It's okay. I genuinely didn't see it until you had mentioned it. So. Yeah. I don't know why I noticed. I I guess I was like, where is this set? Um. Like, I was trying to look up Haddonfield, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. Um, Located in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Another thing I've written down is that, like, you know that feeling when, like, someone's watching you? You're, you're like, you feel like... Yeah. How do his sister and her boyfriend not notice the six-year-old kid staring at them through the window? Uh, well, actually... When mom and I were outside putting up the Halloween decorations, I stared at you through the open yeah. window for like 10 minutes and you just sat there eating your sandwich. I'm like, you like, are so dead. I think I was like uh, singing to myself or something yeah. like that too. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no, you so. did not notice you would be no, so dead. I, I would have died. Yeah. But like, I just, I don't understand how they didn't notice. They were literally talking about like, where's Michael? And they didn't see him outside <laughs> yeah, the window. You know, he's the one who's peering outside the window. The guy, the kid in the clown suit. You know? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I think is very not Illinois is the uh, is the laundry shed. Yeah, I've never, never seen one of those. So we live in a we live. we live in a place where it snows. 
yeah. a considerable amount. Illinois is a place where it snows. Yes. You don't want to leave your house to do laundry. <laughs> it's just like, that's insane. That is a California thing. That is like when they show these, you know, uh, classrooms and stuff and people go and they eat in like the cafeteria or whatever. And it's a bunch of like picnic tables outside and they're saying it's, you know, Illinois or whatever. Or even worse, you look and they have like lockers that are in like a breezeway yeah, that's totally outside. And, right? And you're like, um, there, <laughs> there's no way a school that gets snow is going to have to have something where like get your stuff out of your locker. Like, well, did anybody shovel my locker out? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, um, my school has like picnic tables outside. Okay. Three. Yeah, right. Okay. Three. Right. But this is and like. And then desks outside so that we can sit outside and eat. Yeah. Um, but that's a new thing uh the desks are a new thing from covid and like it used to only be like a senior privilege and now everyone actually but like when i saw that at your school too i actually was brought back to like movies that i've seen where i'm like oh yeah isn't that what they do in california or whatever or like arizona yeah it's nice we don't have like green we can sit on we tried to sit on the blacktop ones and the vice principal came out and he's like you can't do that but literally the principal had walked out and said like oh you guys having a picnic we were walking we were sitting eating in a circle on the blacktop like not the blacktop blacktop we were sitting in the like about like six feet away from one of the tables yeah we're like we just want to sit in a circle together on the ground <laughs> and the principal had already walked out and been like oh are you guys having a picnic and we're like yeah blah, blah, blah. and she was like that's nice you guys have fun and went back inside and the vice principal comes out and he's like you can't do that yeah we're like no. yeah the Why? principal goes in and it's like you talk to them <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so stuff that is that's clearly not. I mean, that's a dumb nitpicky thing yeah. to 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 say. Indeed, but, but, but it's, we are. A podcast. But it is, we you know, it's just something that that I noticed. Um, the classroom scene—it's like obligatory in horror that involves uh, high school students. I mean, of course, that makes sense. You would expect there to be. A classroom scene. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the classroom scene in the horror movies is... You have to ominously look out the window and see something. <laughs> yes. So that happens and It Follows. Yes. Which I feel like is paying homage to... Definitely. To Halloween, right? I mean, it, it, it is. Um, but you also get, like, the the lesson in, you know, is, is always going to be, like, something that pertains to whatever the situation is at hand in the movie. Mm-hmm. And in this particular one, the discussion is about fate. Yes. Um, I was going to do a getting lit with Dr. Dave. But it's interesting because there is some debate as to whether or not the thing that they are discussing is actually even real. Um, it seems strange that they couldn't find something that was real. And that's what I thought. So I kept on digging and I actually, I found something. Um, and. Cause you're awesome. Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's, biz- it? I think it's bizarre. I did. Uh-huh. Um, the thing that's really weird is the, um, the actual quote, let me let me f- see if I can find it. So the teacher says, um, 
and the book ends, but what Samuels is really talking about here is fate. You see, fate caught up with several lives here. No matter what course of action Collins took, he was destined to his own fate, his own day of reckoning with himself. The idea is that destiny is a very real, concrete thing that every person has to deal with. How does Samuel's view of fate differ from that of Costain's? Lori? And she says, ma'am. And the teacher says, answer the question. And Lori says, Costain wrote that fate was somehow related only to religion, where Samuels felt that, well, fate was like a natural element, like earth, air, fire, and water. And the teacher says, that's right. Samuels definitely personified fate. In Samuels' writing, fate is immovable, like a mountain. It stands where man passes away. Fate never changes. So who are we talking about there? Michael. Yeah, I mean, Michael stands when others fall. Yeah, and he, he's literally standing outside the window at that point, like, um, <laughs> so a lot of people are like, oh, this, you know, this, this doesn't, this doesn't, isn't an actual piece of uh, literature. What it is, is uh, it's the difference between a film version of a book and the film. Oh, uh, no, it, what's what it, it's the adaptation of a book and the book itself. Oh, okay. And that and that book and film is the Silver Chalice. Oh. Yeah. So, and the Silver Chalice was a 1954 film. Uh, this is according to Wikipedia. A 1954 film about a Greek artisan uh, commissioned to cast the cup of Christ. And um, Paul Newman was oh. in this movie. It was directed by Victor Seville, and it was written by Lesser Samuels, based on the novel by Thomas B. Costain. Huh. So, I don't know if that like this is a film geek sort of thing. Um, I've seen a lot of reviews of this movie, and they all are pretty unanimous in that it is a bad, bad movie. <laughs> So, oh. so I'm not really I'm I'm not really sure why they they would have made this poll, but it is about a real thing. Hmm. It's it's about you know comparing you know the adaptation to the original uh, and the different uh, ideas about fate um, that the different writers uh, would have felt. But here in Halloween, we have you know it's not religious. Yeah. There's nothing religious about this has nothing to do with religion. This fate. This fate has to do with being a being a force of nature. Yeah. Right. Um because like why why has Michael come home again? Why has he come to kill? Actually, um well, I don't know that exactly, but I do know I had an idea um of why he was targeting Lori. Why? Um, she, you see her in the beginning mm -hmm. when she's with Tommy. Yeah. Um, and she has to put the key under the Myers mat. Uh-huh. And so she puts the key under the Myers mat and then you see this, well, the shape. Yeah. Uh, show up in the screen door. Uh -huh. Oh, that's true. Yeah. What I'm wondering is if he's like, oh, you, I'm now going to target you, that little kid. And then like anyone who follows you around because you came up to my house and like. 
how dare you? And there's other speculations that, like, he reminds her of her sister. He reminds him of her. He reminds. She reminds him of his sister. There you go. You got uh, it. You got there. The pronouns are hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's. I didn't. Even, I didn't really. I totally forgot about that. Right, because you yeah. can see, you know, that that he's there already inside the inside the house. Yeah. Yeah, some people like to talk about the fact that she basically summons Michael with a song. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What? So she's singing to herself. And I don't know if it's like right after she drops the the key off. Um, Hold on, let me. uh, I took a picture of the script today. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um... Yeah, it's right, it's right, yeah, it's right after this. So right after she dumps the key, she, Tommy, you know, says, uh, Lonnie Elam said never to go up there. Uh, Lonnie Elam said that's a haunted house. He said real awful stuff happened there once. And Laurie says, well, Lonnie Elam probably won't get out of the sixth grade. Yeah. And then he immediately like starts to run across the street and he's uh, like, I gotta go. I'll I see you again later. I want to <laughs> say that Lonnie is the kid that Michael first grabs at the school. Right. That's Lonnie. Right. Right. That's that's, that's Lonnie. Yeah. You know? And he doesn't kill him. Yeah. Right. He just like stares at him and the kid's like, nope, 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 right. nope, 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 nope. Right. And just kind of nope. stares slack jawed, doesn't scream. And, and Michael at this point, because Ro and I were talking about this, like he's, He's wearing the mask. Yeah. But I suppose it's it's Halloween, and so, you know, maybe he's like, oh, okay. it might be different if it was just any old day and somebody showed up to school wearing a mask like that. But. Mm-hmm. And granted, he was just, like, walking down the street. He wasn't, like, in the, like, he was just walking down the street right next to the school. He wasn't, like, in the playground Right, or anything, right, sure. So. Or terrorizing little kids. Yeah. So I mean, he was. So what... What she, after he says, you know, I, I got to go and uh, just runs across the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, she starts singing, I wish I had you all alone, just the two of us. I would hold you close to me, so close to me, just the two of us, so close to me. And so there are a lot of people who are like, you know, Michael, Michael does what he's told. Yeah. You know, like he, <laughs> like at one point uh, later in the movie, we'll get to talking about Bob and Bob's death because... You know, that's, for me, it's pretty special. Yeah. Um, but Bob is like, come out of there. And Michael does. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, oh, all right, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, so there's this idea that uh, floating around out on the interwebs that uh, Lori basically uh, summons Michael to her um, and uh, has a meeting with fate. Anyway, so that's what, that's all that classroom scene is is really about. So I guess I did sort of have a, a getting lit moment. So, yeah. I mean, shit, let's play it. Yes, that that segment of getting lit by Dr. Dave uh, was brought. By or with? Getting, yes. With Dr. Dave by Dr. Dave. Uh, that segment of getting lit with Dr. Dave was was brought to you by coffee and the need to drink it. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, let's let's talk about. So Annie. Well, okay. At this point in the movie, like we're gonna fast forward a little bit, right? Um, we get to a point where Michael has killed um, two people. He has mm-hmm. killed his sister, and has sort of off-screen killed the uh, the Phelps garage uh, guy who yeah. he basically took his you know um, outfit from. Um, so I got to imagine he was probably like stopped for a train or something like that. Yeah. And uh, and he was able to do that. So we don't really see that, but we see the dude laying in the grass. Um, so he's killed two people and two dogs. Eh. Which, I mean, that sucks. That's why he's evil. Right. And the, the, the wild thing is that Loomis, when they see the first dead dog, says... <laughs> It's okay, buddy. It's just pretend. It's just pretend. Thor is <laughs> whining in the background. <laughs> talking about dead dogs. He does not care for that. Yeah, um, he says he must have gotten hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't like rob. He doesn't like he manages to rob like a hardware store to get like knife, rope, rope. Does he use the rope ever? I don't think he ever no, uses the no, rope. No, he never right? uses the rope. Um, and then, uh, he just take, steals a, a, the mask, yeah. right? Um, uh, yeah. So the dog was crying, um, cause he's in the room outside of where we are. So we're in a closet. <laughs> he's in the room of the closet. Um, and turns out the door is open. So we thought he just wanted to like leave and apparently he just wanted to be in here with us or yeah. he was crying over the fact that we were talking about <laughs> Michael and his talks. And his problem with dogs. Um, so, yeah, so Michael, two, dogs, zero. Yeah, not good. Um, Annie gets killed. She, yes, she does. Annie gets killed. and um, Via strangulation. Right? Is that true? No. Yeah. No. Well, strangulation, then she gets stabbed. Annie? Annie. Car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Oh, I thought she was just flat out stabbed, but okay. No, she got strangulated. Yeah. Let, so let's talk about that She's kill. Like... That kill haunted me for years. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. Yeah, every single time I got in a car, I'd be like, Michael's there's back somebody there. in back, back there. The good thing is, is that this movie teaches you something very, very important. Check the back seat. Well, and if you leave and your car door is locked and then you come back and your car door is unlocked and you didn't unlock it, oh, then it's probably something bad. That's not bad, but here's a really important clue that uh, that you can use uh, that this movie teaches you. Uh, that somebody is in the car. Oh, fogged. Right. You're, when you go to get into your car, your windows should not be fogged. <laughs> like that... Is that's a problem. That's a problem. So yeah, from the inside. From the inside, right? Right. You should, you know. If they're fogged from the outside, you might just be parked outside. Yeah, yeah. But if you're in the garage and your windows are fogged from the inside, mm-mm. no, somebody's in there. Um. So this was always uh, like super scary for me. 
if I would go into a, like a parking lot at night or whatever and go to get in my car. And I'm a dude. Uh, and yeah. that was, and that was scary. Yeah. Um, something I don't like about that kill. And this is a, this is a thing that happens in a lot of not just horror movies, but movies in general, but I think especially uh -huh. horror movies is she crosses her eyes when she is dying. And to me, it just looks, it looks goofy. <laughs> and I don't know for it, it it seems like a moment of unintentional humor and it just it, it makes the moment seem almost comical for a second and it just for me the the tone shifts like a little bit there I'm like mm -hmm. oh because then I'm like that's just her acting like oh like I'm like uh, maybe that's what happens I don't know but you know would I see that I and, no and something happening to somebody and be like you are a terrible human being. No, I hope not, but it's a little bit what I'm like when I'm watching the movie. I'm like, oh, don't cross your eyes like that. Um, but maybe that was the direction she got. I don't know. Maybe that's something terrible. John Carpenter knows. It's like, I, it's like, you know. When people get strangled to death, they do happen to cross their eyes. They cross their Dash eyes. I John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. So that's... the. That's a little bit of a critique. I, I would have preferred that without her crossing her eyes. But um, Bob's death, though. Yes, you like Bob's Bob's death. I I like it, and I I like it, and I don't. I mean, I think it is our kill of the week. Yes, the that's gotta hurt. That's gotta hurt. Um, Both him and Michael. Yeah, I so I I love the fact that you know Bob, you know they're in this like. <laughs> A house where their friend was supposed to be babysitting. Yeah. So they're not even supposed to be there. Yeah. They're having sex in that family's, like the grown ups' bed. Ew. Uh, drinking their beer. Oh no, maybe they brought beer. Did they? I think that maybe they brought beer because they were drinking in the car at that time. Yeah. Oh, and Bob says the grossest thing. Yeah. So uh, he's saying, um, when we get in there, we'll distract, blah, 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 and then I'll rip your clothes off, and then you'll rip my clothes off, and then we'll rip off Lindsay's clothes. And Lindsay's, Lindsay's like, the eight-year-old like, yeah. girl. <laughs> it's meant to be a joke, but, but it's Bob, Bob. Bob, it's not funny, dude. That's gross. That's disgusting. Like, and so I'm okay with gross humor sometimes, but like, there's not a, when you're there's a about line. Ripping an eight-year-old girl's clothes off. <laughs> It's just like it's weird. It's just weird, and I never caught that before because this time I was like writing down the names of all the characters so I would remember who these characters were, and I, I wrote down like Lindsay and Tommy like right next to each other so I'd know that they were the kids, and so like I had that name in my head. And soon as, when he said that in the past, past when I've watched this movie, I, I think I assumed that he was uh, talking about um, Annie, Annie, and. It's definitely not. Yeah, um, I haven't noticed in the past, but I noticed it this time, and I just looked at you. I'm like, what? Yeah, we both had that startling moment like, of realization of like, wait, what the hell did he just say? Like, no, no, yeah, there's yes. no way he just, he totally did. We went back, and he just, he said that. That's yeah, the thing that he said. Yeah. So he's getting the beers that I think they brought out of the fridge. So maybe he's not actually drinking their beers. And... uh he like hears something or whatever and he's 
trying to, you know, f- he thinks it's um, uh, Linda. Linda. He thinks it's Annie. It's Linda because it's Bob and Bob and Linda, and so, <laughs> to tell this story. So there was this restaurant that we used to go to when I was in like uh, I would come back from college uh, and go home. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice restaurant and, uh, they had a sign out front and with those letters where you could, you know, like, just like McDonald's has where it's, you know, like, you know, tells you, tells you like the Whopper is, you know, what, not a McDonald's, sorry. Uh, (laughs) No. You know, get the Big Mac deal or whatever. You know, at Burger King. You know, now serving breakfast all day where it would just have those letters that you put up, right? And so I, I'm pretty sure that the sign had originally said, come and see Bob and Linda. They were the people who owned the place. And somebody took the letters from the other side of the, the sign and they swapped it around so that one side of the sign said, come see Bob do Linda. <laughs> and the place is packed when we came in there. And we're we're looking around, and somebody you know was gonna take us uh, to to the table, and uh, and you know we had been they told us it was gonna be like a long wait, and I was like, oh, is that <laughs> are all these people here because of the the sign? <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, um, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we felt kind of bad, but I just. I don't know. I just I thought of that when I when I watched this. Yeah. Um anyway, uh Bob uh tells what he thinks is Linda to come out of the, you know, like broom closet or whatever and it it turns out to be Michael and yeah. He comes out and like starts choking him right away and then lifts him up the like wall with his left hand. And his arm is like totally straight. Now, I don't know if anybody has ever tried to like lift anything with a straight arm straight up, but I got to figure Bob is probably at least like 180 pounds. Probably. That is some crazy strength. Okay. Number one. Like, did they have, did they have a weight gym in the mental (laughs) facility? He hit it hard um okay i think it would be a little bit of a bad idea to have a weight gym but they do for murderers they do they do that's how they get their you know energy out uh so I mean, less aggressive like, i guess i don't know what about like going on runs like why like a weight gym <laughs> i don't know but that that's what they do and lift weight that's like a, a really typical like sort of uh prison thing is is the weights the weight room yeah yeah no, I get that. I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, Isn't that dangerous? Potentially, yeah. Like weights? Yeah. Can you throw, I mean, throw it at people? Maybe. Maybe. That's... Well, yes. You sure. can. You can. Well, it depends on the kind of weights that they have. It's all bow flex. <laughs> you just have to th- throw the the elastic bands at people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could like, have you ever uh, shot a hair yeah. tie? Right, exactly. It's, it's yeah. all bands. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, no, I think he's just supposed to be like inhumanly strong and like, okay, so that part I go like, all right, maybe he's inhumanly strong. Sure. Uh, Part number two, like he's choked him, but, but not, yeah, but not, um, he chokes him, but like not to death. 
Yeah. Right. He's choking him, holding him by the neck. A little bit of like a Darth Vader grip, but like, yeah, and he doesn't but like go actually. And he doesn't go red at all. Like he's just same same color the whole yeah, time, and yeah. which is a little not. It doesn't so seem he's realistic. just like it's enough so that he's like he's not screaming super. He's more like he's struggling, right? And then Michael's got him up about as high as he can go, I guess. And then Michael takes his chef's knife and stabs the guy like right underneath his sternum it looks like although we can't tell initially but when the camera pulls away we see it's maybe just below the breastbone right maybe like in his diaphragm yeah and michael like holds him there for a second and then like takes his hand away and somehow bob stays vertical yeah. Like, my thought is, like, as soon as you, like, well, not only that, but Bob is insta-killed. Yeah. Like, a single stab to his guts area instantly kills him. No screams, no nothing. It lights out dead. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't, like, lose any blood or anything? No, like, and, no, like, no. no, there's no, like... It's just no blood comes out of his mouth or anything. If he, yeah, he was hit, like in the... he's still not pink, and so like it wouldn't have been strangulation. So he just stays totally upright and vertical with this thing holding him up in the middle, and he's dead. Like, I, I, wouldn't he like just sort of flop head first forward and come Probably. off the wall? It's just so many weird things about this kill. And also, um. Yes, Michael does use a very long knife, but it stabs all the way through this guy and into the wood. And you can still see some of the knife blade. Yeah. Like, like so how long is this friggin' knife? It's well, like a sword. Yeah, if you have to go through your own body. I mean, that's a, I mean, mine's thicker because I'm kind of chunky right now. It's probably, mine's probably six to 12 yeah. I mean, inches. so that's pretty big. So maybe you have like a 10-inch knife or something like that. Yeah, but then but you have to go enough like, into the wood right, to in order it. to support his whole body and so weight, and you still have two inches. And he's still got like two inches of knife like sticking out of him. It's just... Which means he has like a, what, 20-inch knife? Like that's, no. <laughs> no, that's a murder weapon. So that... That's a sword. So that part kind of sucks. There, I, you know, I like seeing his feet. Like we, we go down his feet and we look, and his feet are kind of like, it, it, like at right angles, like yeah. And then they like the toes sort of mm. fall, like as as he dies or whatever. Um, but there's no like blood dripping down. Like no. that would have been easy to do. Like there's yeah. none of that. Um, and then Michael does uh, th- this. Like saves it for me. Yeah. And and makes me like makes it the kill. I mean, of the week. Yeah. I mean, it's fanciful. It's fun. Like, it's weird. Isn't it weird that we're like, hey, that was a that was fun. That killing that, was that a fun kill. Killing that, but it is. It's kind of so, like as a magic trick. Up. As a magic trick, you yes, know. Yes, it is a magic trick. That guy did not die. Right. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty if, interesting. If we knew that he actually died, right, we then, would be horrified and we would be way more uncomfortable and sad and yes. upset and grossed out and you know so um, on and so forth needing therapy yeah um but as as a bit of film like it's kind of interesting um but the thing that saves it for me is michael standing there 
looking at it and then doing that head cock to the side, kind of like, like a, like a dog being like, Hmm, you know, like he's kind of, I don't know. I don't know why he does that, but to me that adds to that unknowable inhumanity that like something's really wrong in the same way that like, as he's killing his sister, he turns to like, look up at the knife. Yeah. Like it strikes me as that same sort of. Yeah. I mean, newsflash, there's something wrong with Michael Myers. (laughs) It's just, there's just a little something wrong. There's something wrong. There's a little like, there's a screw loose, like not super loose, but like maybe it's like a little rusty and like. So yeah, that head cocking to the side is just everything. And that becomes such an iconic Michael Myers sort of thing of like the, you know, cocking Mm. the head to the side. Um, Sort of like, you know, I don't know if it's like, he's just like, let me, like, let me admire Like the way you would look at like a piece of art in the museum, you'd look at it and kind of like tilt your head to sort of admire it more or whether he's like confused about like. (laughs) About gravity. Well, about gravity or it kind of strikes me as like, when like the dogs dogs when the dog would like kill a rabbit yeah and then you know like put it down and kind of be like rabbit's not running anymore like i I can't chase him anymore how come you know (laughs) like it's like a similar thing like he's sad where he's like i killed the thing and now it doesn't scream and yell and i have now have to chase somebody else he's like supposed to die that's why people torture well, it's like people we do, well it's like he doesn't understand he doesn't under, i don't i don't it, like maybe he doesn't even understand death at all maybe no. he doesn't understand what he's doing is killing you know like i don't know i don't think so i don't know but hey this is why people torture people oh sure and so why they can they'd... keep on doing it yeah yeah it's, and then it's not over yeah that's awful yeah <laughs> no so, i know so terrible yeah oh yeah, it's, gross it's pretty terrible so after this, Michael Michael does something that is just he does a few things here that are they're so weird. Like I don't know if this I can't remember if we ever get this level of kind of weirdness ever again in the movies. So Michael finds a sheet. Yes. Cuts a couple of holes in it for eyes. No, he wears glasses. And no, and then puts glasses on over the sheet. Uh-huh. So he is now wearing. Oh yeah, because he does have to see. Right. So he's now wearing a William Shatner mask, sheets that he has cut eye holes in, and then Bob's glasses over the sheets. Yeah. Like this is a level of like I want to see the moments. This is what we don't get to see. His arts and crafts. Yeah, I want to see. I, I want to see Halloween arts and crafts moments. I want. I want to see like a whole movie that is just all the in between compilations of compilations him. of Michael doing the in between stuff. Yeah. Like I want to see Michael breaking out of jail. I want to see Michael uh, dr- driving a car for the very first time and trying to figure out how to drive a car. And if you like, does he talk to himself? Like, it, <laughs> I can does see him like, like oh, he's fuck. he's he like confuses the gas pedal. With with the brakes, he hits the brakes way too hard, and like his seatbelt catches, like all those people who first yeah. start to drive always do. Are you excited for me to do that? And yeah, I am. I am. We have that footage of of Elsa doing that. Yeah. Um, and you know, I want to see him like the footage of him 
breaking into a the hardware store and selecting trying to find like the best mask and to get his weapon of choice like i want to see his from his point of view of like following people around and like seeing dr loomis and being like there's a dude i know you know um (laughs) you're like oh you know but but most importantly what i want to see is the moment where he searches that house to find bed sheets like sits there or like him taking judith meyer's grave figuring out how to cut the well right yeah him going to get judith meyer's gravestone then him arranging all of the bodies in this like tableau of death where we've got laid out you know one of the bodies on the on the bed by Mm -hmm. the gravestone and then the other ones that like are set up like little traps so that like when you open a thing like they fall down and are like oh like a haunted house like that i want to see that movie (laughs) where 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 michael gets creative like and tries something and goes like "Ah, that's just not quite right like attempts to have the body fall tries it it doesn't fall right he doesn't like the way that you know that the arm goes and like rearranges it and stuff like it's terrible right but Thanks. it's but this is happening behind the scenes yeah right nobody sees this everybody thinks about michael like slow walking behind people but michael is also crafting these moments <laughs> he's an artist an artist of death um well, yeah that he's is not what we're calling and him. and he um, is so, maybe uh, he maybe even has like a bit of a sense of humor with the whole bob's ghost thing yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Like, that's a that's pretty funny. The, the fact that he's wearing the glasses over the... <laughs> like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And wrong. It's terrible. <laughs> but he, like, knows enough. He knows enough that he's, he's going to go up there and pretend to be Bob pretending to be a ghost. I mean, he's probably listened to, like, the no- nurses and doctors in the ward and even other uh other patients just talk about like experiences and stuff because i know like the doctors and the nurses and just the people who work in the ward they there is definitely some times where they're like these people are just we can just be normal i'm putting hand yeah sure 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 um yeah and like they're yeah, like, they, no mean- they're not listening to us like right. it doesn't really sure. matter what we say but like they're always listening it's like kind of like kids who you might think they're not listening to everything you say but they are sure and they're just little sponges where they're like ooh noted mm-hmm. noted to ask you later and you're like shit you heard that yeah yeah uh but yeah i think that might be where he picks up on some of these things where you're like you haven't seen the real world since you were six and it was in the 60s right yeah like how are you not like umberkel kimmy schmidting this <laughs> unbreakable michael myers <laughs> <laughs> unbreakable my love damn it it's a miracle <laughs> oh no the unbreakable Michael Myers. I mean, he is unbreakable. He is unbreakable. He's unkillable. Uh, damn it. <laughs> he's, he's the unkillable Michael Myers. Unbreakable. Um, he did. Damn it. It's a miracle. He alive. Damn it. Yeah, damn it. He alive. Damn it. He alive. It's a miracle. <laughs> unkillable. Oh, man. 
Um, this is going to be a interesting transition. <laughs> uh, let's see. What other stuff do I want to talk about? Um, Unkillable Michael Myers. That was a, that was a, that was a pretty good note right nah, there. That's, that's pretty good. I, I, I didn't even thought about that. The same until right then. Um, We've been watching Unbreakable Commissioning. Uh, recently oh god good it's pretty funny we are behind uh oh yeah very much so but we're in the first season um i i love the the tv that's going on in the background yeah the fact that it's the thing and that john carpenter is you know in uh 1982 gonna actually uh release his version of the thing i wonder if he was inspired uh, after doing this and then was mm-hmm. like, oh, I really want to do that movie or whether he, his plan all along was like, I, I'm going to do my version of the thing. Yeah. Is there um, another version or was that like, yeah, like, that's the old, is, that's, that's the okay, old, that's the I'm old like, version. is there an old version and then the one we've seen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got all this time and we haven't really talked a whole lot about Lori. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously amazing. She's, you know, is going to go on after this movie to have a fantastic career. Um, I've heard her in a lot of interviews uh, talk about this. She uh, really is not a fan of horror movies. (laughs) Um, Her mom was in Psycho. Yeah. Right. Um, So I think from what I've read, John Carpenter you know, part of casting her was like a trying to form like an actual physical link between this movie and Psycho. Yeah. But she is beyond like having that sort of, you know, the, the cool factor of, you know, being, having Hollywood parents herself. Uh, She's really, really good in this. Um, Yeah. And I think for me, She's not a scream queen for nothing. No. Her screams at the end when she's terrified and, you know, saying like, oh, God, you know, somebody help me, please. And is like going to bang on on neighbor doors. And I think to myself, if I heard somebody screaming like, oh, my God, help me, please, like that, it would be horrifying for me, too. Um, Yeah. You know, I don't know that I would turn out the lights. I mean, maybe they're like calling the police or something, but. Um, and we'll talk about the police in a second. Yeah. I was actually going to ask like what you would do if someone like came up to your door and was knocking on it and like screaming, like help me. I I would like to think I would open the door, but part of me is terrified. You know, we watched the purge recently. Yeah. You know, and. Like, you don't know what you're inviting in and what sort of trouble is following whatever you're inviting in. And, like, the other part of me is very, very cynical is, like, and I don't know if there's been a movie like this or a book like this where somebody is screaming and they're all bloody that they've been hurt or that they're in an accident or something. And then they come in and they are they are the bad guys. Like, yeah. that is. That's kind of a classic sort of thing. That's a little <sighs> bit scream-esque. That, that scares the crap out of me. Because, uh, like, it takes advantage of my wanting to be, you a know, good a good person. Yeah. It's like, this and is then, the reason I have trust issues. Right. <laughs> so I would like to think that I would, especially a young girl, you know, who's screaming, help me, help me, help me. I, and, like, I I feel like I would. And I feel like I would risk it. Um. But I have a whole family, too, 
you know, which is the part that makes it hard because I'm not just making the decision for me. I'm making the decision yeah. for and like the you perch, kids which we and, won't and explain mommy. more than that. Hmm? I said, and what makes it like the purge, which we won't explain yeah, more yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, 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 sure. Right. But it's, you know, so it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, but she is, she's true, sounds truly scared. Um, she is awesome. She fights back. Yeah. You know, first with a knitting needle to the neck and then, you know, like a coat hanger to the eye or whatever and, uh, a knife. Yeah. And for me, like all of that being said, she's great. This stuff in the clo- the closet scene is nothing short of genius. It is horrifying. It is the light going on and off and swinging, and the the terror of that is just fantastic. And it's so like maniac too. Like there's no he just like punches through the <sighs> closet doors, and you're like, no. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. It's just really really good. But the thing that gets me the whole time is that each of these times where she, like, defends herself against Michael, she doesn't double tap. Yeah, she really does not. If you don't know what that means, watch Zombieland. Yeah. It's it's the, like, look, they're never dead when you, the first time that you you get them. Never. No, you've got to make sure that they're dead. And she... Over and over again in this, hits him once and assumes he's dead, and then he's not. Amateur. It's like to the point where it's a little bit infuriating. Oh, definitely. And I can. And then Doctor Loomis kind of does it. Uh, yeah, but the, I, I I think maybe he does shoot him a bunch of times. So. A bunch of times. No, he shoots him a bunch of times. And I think he was going to go double tap it because he walks, you know, up to the window and I think he's going to like shoot him again. Yeah. Although, honestly, I think he <laughs> I think he's I think he's already shot more bullets than he probably should have been able to. Yes. And um, also if you, if you if you count them. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> um, we already we already said there were palm trees in Illinois. So. Yeah. So the, the, how many bullets can actually be fired from a a revolver or whatever, you know. Um, Not nine. But if, I think this plays differently in a crowded theater, right? Because yeah. that whole moment where she sends the kids off to go running down the street for help, and then she sits with her back to a stabbed Michael. Like, what? if that were me, I would be sitting there staring at his lifeless body being like, I, I cannot take my eyes off of this guy because yeah. he already has proven himself to not be easily killed. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't make for... For <laughs> good cinema. No, no. And like, if you're... Can you imagine... Like, be, the first time you see this with a crowd of people that when she's sitting there and then his body slowly rises behind her, like everybody in the crowd's going like, <gasps> you know, whatever. No, 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 no. You know, like I, yeah. that, that would be awesome. And I never saw this movie in the theater. So um, you were four. I was four. I was so, four. Yeah. Um, kind of glad you didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Well, you know, probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have stopped Grampy. <laughs> Wow. I did see Poltergeist and uh, it's like when I, and Creep Show when I was like eight years old or whatever. Uh, so that's uh, just Tommy's age. I love it's I fine. love that stuff. I love I'm glad, I'm glad Grampy did that. 
Um, so Loomis and the police. Yeah. Totally useless. Oh yeah. What the hell are they doing? What are they doing? They're the they're the most useless. What the what are the police? What like <laughs> this is the worst police ever. First, his mm-hmm. like daughter and Lori show up having just smoked pot, and you know maybe he's like waving it away or whatever. He does but mention something about kids kids smoking getting high. Weekly, yeah. Smoking weed later, and it seems like a nudge. Maybe, maybe he's just like my, I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to acknowledge that. But it like it, the the car from the like the state car uh-huh. that Loomis was driving is like in town. Just been driving around town. Yeah. How do they not notice? It's like parked and stationary. Yeah. Like near the neighborhood where the 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 yeah. the Myers house was. How are they not like knocking on every single door and like? <laughs> well, part of it is is that like the police officer panic, is like. But... Well, he's not. The police officer is not taking Loomis seriously. Is yeah. part of it. Like okay, um, but then Loomis like so. Do you know? Do you know how people say? Have you ever heard people say of Raiders of the Lost Ark that the the Indiana Jones doesn't change anything in that movie that everything goes down in that movie exactly like it goes down whether or not he he's in it or not i've definitely you've heard that that before i mean that's a classic white guy move all right it's the same thing's true what do you mean (laughs) what i don't know it just that's like a that's i don't know it's in history that's a classic oh you mean so like this is about me no. The, the the no I no I mean like that you're like oh this story is about me when like you didn't even do anything oh yeah yeah like but yeah. you're like here's the Indiana Jones story which it's like Indiana Jones was there Indiana Jones was there and saw this stuff happen and, and like didn't did a bunch did a bunch of stuff but actually didn't change anything well it's the same with Loomis Loomis like doesn't actually do anything he goes around yeah. and says to everybody like. Michael Myers is the most evil evil that anybody has ever eviled, you know. Um, he's his he has eyes that are black. They are the devil's eyes. Um, it's and like, everybody, cool, great. Can you stop this like seventeen year old from like, being killed? Well, they're like, hey, then why'd you why'd you let him out? <laughs> he's yeah. like, I, I didn't let him out. And, uh, but just basically walks around, yells at some kids to stay away from a house. Which that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Lo- probably Lonnie, right? Or was yes. that his name? Yes. <laughs> Lonnie, get away from that house. Um, and then he's super smug about it, and then gets scared. <laughs> which which is a which is a good comedic moment in in an otherwise like not intentionally funny movie. Um, but he really doesn't. He just doesn't do anything. And then even mm-hmm. when he like comes to be like, I think of again if we if we think of like mythic storytelling. Um, this is the uh, the woodsman coming to save Little Red Riding Hood. Yes. Right. Uh, and he comes in, the male, guns blazing. Yeah. You know, saves the poor cowering female, you know, who we, it's 1978, so we don't allow her to like be triumphant over the bad guy just mm-hmm. yet. We're not, we're not quite there in film history. Um, you know, and so in a lot of ways, like Texas Chainsaw, you know, where we have a male coming, swooping in at the end. But the difference is, is that we are 
confronted with an evil that cannot be killed. Yeah. Which, you know, he's already been, like, stabbed in the neck, poked in the eye, stabbed with a kitchen knife, shot a whole bunch of times, fallen out of a two-story window. He gets up and walks away. He gets up and walks away. So, obviously, we're dealing with something that's fate. Yeah. You know, this is, you know, the whole point is that you can't, you can't kill fate. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's Halloween, folks. Yeah. All right. Um, it's a perennial favorite. Yeah. I hope that you all get a chance to watch it this year. It is good for as much as we nitpick things. You know, you, you, you know, you, it's when you see a movie a whole bunch of times, you get to, <laughs> you start to analyze it a little bit more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and not bad for it for $300,000. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, they, no, they it did, was great. they did a bang up job. And I love the fact that it it uh, uh, inspired a lot of filmmakers afterwards yeah. to say like, "Hey, the, we can tell stories. They don't have to be these big Hollywood spectacles. Like we can make something that that scares people, and uh, we don't need a, a huge budget to do it." Yeah, it's totally a classic. Yeah. All right. So, how about uh, how about ratings? All right. Let me see what the world thinks. All right. I'm sure this is one of those movies where initially people were like, <laughs> the critics were like, this is garbage. Yeah, well, a lot a lot of critics do that. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. uh, 96%. Whoa, that's good. Yeah, Shudder yeah. has it at uh, 4.8 yeah, out of 5. Yeah, that's nearly perfect, yeah. Um, IMDb has 7.7, which is out of 10, which is pretty good for That's, that's IMDb. pretty good for IMDb, yeah. Uh, 90% of Google users like this movie. Hmm, okay. Yep. That's yeah. that's pretty unanimous, folks. It's a Yeah. It's a well-regarded well-regarded movie. That um, it is. I think uh now uh, I agree with you. Not really all that scary. Yeah, especially when you've seen it before and like yeah. you've seen other things that are admittedly scarier. Sure. Like, I watch Paranormal Activity, and that is one of my favorite horror movies, and it doesn't scare me all that much anymore. Yeah, that it terrified me. terrified initially. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's just something about having seen a movie multiple times. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so what are your... No, we have to have Michael Myers uh, as wh- our rating, right? Yeah, so what, what do we... Yeah, for... Um, uh, Shatner for, masks? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Shatner masks. How many Shatner masks do you give the story? Uh, the story, I'll give, um, I'll give a three. It's a yeah. very, it, like. It's a it, little dry. Yeah, it's it, it's literally like Maniac escapes from hospital. We, ex- we explained on, it in the. On dark and stormy night. Yeah. You know, <laughs> kills a, a bunch of people. dark and stormy night. You know. Uh, adjacent to Halloween. And- <laughs> It's not. He doesn't escape on Halloween, so no, he doesn't. A, he doesn't. It's close adjacent. to close to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Um, Halloween adjacent for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about the acting? Uh, I actually think all the acting is really good. Yeah, I don't have any. I don't know, like I I'm thinking back any. to it, and I actually like um, PJ Souls in this better than I like her in Carrie. She's she plays uh, yeah. Linda. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may be just that I just, I, I don't like her character. I just may have hated her character. No, I hate her character. She in was Carrie. the rainbow, rainbow hat girl in Carrie. Who yeah. We, we did not like, but no. no, she's good in this. I, yeah. I, I thought she's really, 
Yeah, she, I'd give it five. Yeah, five sure. Masks. I'll give it five. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. Donald Pleasance is as as useless as Loomis <laughs> is. Uh, he's he's gr- played masterfully. He play, yeah, he plays, he plays it great. Really well. he, I, I like him as a character. I just think it, ultimately he's useless. Useless. But. Yeah. Um, what about filmmaking? Uh, I would say I, I'd say it's a five. Yeah. I Like I, it's it's well done. Um, like strictly film filmmaking. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the makeup and effects. Uh. I'm, I'm not like it's, it's not, not that crazy. Great. It's, it's not bad, but it's not like it doesn't go out of its way. No, and it's you know I get it. It hides that, the dog was, thing. Where yeah, he wasn't have. making a he wasn't making a gore movie. Yeah, you know? so that's um, that's all right. A three, that's fine. Blood's all right. It's not great. Yeah. So overall, I think that would the, turn out to be like a four, four point five. Um, do, do we have other four. categories? Is that it? No, that's it. Oh, the music though like the music is that in the filmmaking side of things i guess that's in the film uh, it side is of... but we can we can rate it separately. yeah yeah no but i think, but I think we already I... gave the filmmaking five. Five. yeah okay good i just want to be sure because for me that's that's just so huge yeah you know? um so all right yeah all i think right. all all in all you know for me i would say it's I'd give it a four, four. Yeah, yeah i think it's a four um it's you know i do find myself at times like i watch it you know, I do wish it moved along a little bit. Yeah. Faster. I um, agree. But uh, but pretty but pretty darn good and pretty influential. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Halloween, all yeah. you people. Sorry that we you know we were delayed for for a little bit, but we will get back into the swing of things and uh, have some have some new stuff uh, for you and uh, hopefully. Um, Hopefully what? I don't know what I was going to say. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, Hopefully none of you get sick. Hopefully. Yeah, I hope you don't get sick. Don't eat too much candy on Halloween. Yeah. Have fun dressing up. Be safe. If Make sure you can see that. out of your costume, folks. Yes. Don't get stabbed. Please. Um, Please. Or killed by Michael Myers. Yeah, that's all I have. Okay. <laughs> okay, have All fun. Right. All right, well. Um, this has been Rowan. And Dave. Reminding you to keep it spooky. Find Spooky Pancakes online at SpookyPancakes.com. And make sure to follow us on our socials at Spooky Pancakes Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Spooky underscore Pancakes on Twitter. And if you're liking what you're hearing... Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And a five-star review would be great, too. Thanks. Bye.